0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at
1: supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005.
0: Joining us now is uh, Hot Rod McSwain. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, hey, good, Ricardo. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, you, uh, you've been in the the heat of battle uh, at the pro level as a as an MMA fighter. Um, so you know what it's like to uh, to get in there and put it all on the line. You've done it on so, several occasions, mate. Um, you know we've seen a bunch of Kiwis out there fighting um, for their. Careers as well. Uh, a couple of them a couple of weeks ago didn't go quite as uh, as planned for them. Um, let's start with with, with Kai Carter France against Brandon Moreno. Uh, I mean, he lost that fight fair and square, didn't he? It was a great kick uh, that finished him. But uh, two two losses on the bounce uh, to Moreno now, um, who was I think a deserved champion. Uh, where to next for Kai? Do you think?
1: Man, what just watching that fight? Um, I think the judges had it. Uh, even going into the third, and then Kai potentially ahead in that third um man, no one saw that kick coming. Mm. Nah, I don't even know if you saw it. I definitely didn't see it. didn't see him pulling that liver shot off and initially, we thought it was a low blow um and then you watch the playback and it just smacked perfectly on the liver and um oh man, so gutted for kai i guess kai he um he's tough, he's mentally tough he's got a um he's got a mental coach at the moment and he's he's a different kind of Different kind of beast at the moment, uh, really mentally tough, and so he'll pick himself back up, back to the drawing board, and um, see what the next challenge is ahead of him. Maybe one or two more wins, and puts him right back in that title contention. Because it's not like he um, he got caught. You know, he mm. was winning that. Fight. I really felt he was winning that fight, and um, he just got caught. You know, he was starting to take over in that third. Off that elbow, cut him open. I even got a couple of takedowns. You know, and his right hand started to land, and we were just getting just getting the groove of things. So it was super unfortunate. But hey, that's that's the fight game.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, like, as I mentioned, when I say two on the bounce, it's not two in a row. But he has lost now twice to Moreno. And both times he was up in those fights, I think. Like in mean, that first fight, he certainly won the first round. Um, I mean, he ended up losing a yeah,
1: split definitely. decision that in, in that fight, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Moreno, he's, he's a beast, and I think you're right, Ricardo. He is a deserved champion. A lot of people thought he won that his last fight against uh, for the title against Figueroa. So, um, I guess they have their rematch. Kai has one or two fights and puts him right back in that title contention if he's if he's up for it. And I'm pretty sure he is.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, what is it that makes Moreno so hard to fight against? I mean, he he does seem quite
1: long for this um, for this weight division. Yeah, I. I guess you try and mimic that style in the gym. Mm. You can't really find a sparring partner to mimic Moreno's style. He, is, um, he was all over the show in that, in that first round. And it took Kai uh, a couple of rounds just to find the range, just to find the groove, find a counter for that left high kick. And we managed to counter it with, um, with his own low kick, who eventually got a sweep. And um, just because Kai is usually a, a fast starter, so that time we had to kind of slow down because Moreno was really pushing him forward. And uh, Kai does really well on the front foot, as opposed to being the back foot. But we didn't have the opportunity to move forward with Moreno in our face, so I um, just had to adjust the game plan a little bit. Yeah, well, and I, again, just so hard to yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, so I was going to say that style. Yeah, it is,
0: and I mean, and and that's a really good point because I talked to Mike Angove before this fight, and I said, you know, the, looking back on that on the first fight, the thing that Moreno did to negate the right hand after that first round when Kai was dominant was that high kick and making Kai wear that, you know, he wasn't connecting with the head, but Kai was having to block it, so he was wearing it on his upper arm and his shoulder, and and that took all the juice out of Kai's right and also meant that he was a bit more, um, I guess, hesitant to throw it because that that kick kick kept coming. So it it was a real game of chess, the second second fight, saying who was going to do what and who was going to blink first.
1: Exactly, and then, and then just, it just so happens that that high kick that he kept throwing in the first and second, and then he comes low on the third to the mm. body. So that was a perfect, perfect game plan from uh, Moreno's camp.
0: Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they set it up well, mate. They set it up very well, it has to be said. Um, yeah. What about uh, what about Blood Diamond then? Um, let's talk about him. Uh, he's 0-2 now in the UFC. You'd think, given the way they tend to operate, he's got one fight to save his UFC co- contract, um and he's had two wrestlers but i mean you're going to get wrestlers right and the guy that he that he just lost to certainly wasn't the dominant wrestler of the guy that he fought in the first fight so that i mean that guy was a guy that liked to stay, stay on his feet a, a bit more he had chances to win that fight but it it didn't feel like he was really listening to his corner a lot i don't think i've seen Eugene yell that much in a fight for a long time <laughs> yeah
1: um you put it down to uh, experience you know, so Bloods is used to hurting guys and then being able to finish them on the feet in the clinch. Remember, he he fires his high kick in close quarter range, and that's how he catches everyone. So um, he likes being in slightly closer range than, let's say, like uh, Israel. So um, when he hurt him in that second, we, we all thought, oh, here we go. He's going to keep his range, stay composed, and uh, pick, him, pick him off. But now Bloods wanted to get in there and, and finish him, which which is no good in mixed martial arts, right? People come in and you try and tie clinch someone, they're going to get their double underhooks and attempt to take you down, and that's exactly what happened in that second round. So um, I think Huge gave him the, the call in the third, hey, use your experience, keep the range, and just pick him off. But um, it's just experience, you know, like Bloods hasn't had many MMA fights where he's needed to go back to the game plan and keep it at range to avoid getting taken down. You know, he's fought in Australia New Zealand where he's managed to put guys away, and a lot of guys in Aussie wanted to stand and bang with Bloods but um, that's definitely not the case here at the top level. You know, why would you stand and bang with one of the top kickboxers in the South Pacific? You know, mm.
0: well on that then, mate. I mean, what do you think the next move is with with blood for CKB? I mean, how much influence can they have on matchmaking for the for the third fight if there is one, or is it a case of looking at his skill set and going, you're really struggling with wrestlers? Maybe we need to target the one championship, go
1: make a name there, and then try and come back later. So I, I'd imagine that hopefully it wasn't a two-fight contract. I'd hopefully they managed to get a three-fight contract for Bloods, and um, again with the with the credible names, with Israel, with the other boys, and with the pulling power that CKB has at the moment, hopefully they can get him a, another fight and just take whatever's thrown at, at, at the moment. You know, whoever's not, uh, whoever needs a match, well, probably Bloods will just have to have to take that fight and just train up and just really try and. Really try and win that fight and secure a spot in the USC. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just take take whatever given. Hopefully, it's a three fight contract, mm. and not too clauses, not too many clauses are broken, and try and move forward on that. But that's a good one with one FC. But the problem is, no one really wants to travel into Asia <laughs> unless they're taking a whole team, you know. And since a lot of the boys already have contracts with the USC, it's um, you know, it's in our best interest to send one team over. Uh, a group, a group of guys, and coach them all. They all do the camp at the same time. Get over to the states and fight together, as opposed to one going one direction, another few going elsewhere, and then you spread the resources. So, what do you think uh, CKB will do here?
0: I mean, if you're Eugene, uh, if you've got a camp with with blood for maybe a third fight potentially, what are you? What are the work ons, and 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 what is CKB doing? What are those conversations
1: with with the UFC like at the moment? Well, I. think Blood's camp was really good. He he spent a lot of time on the wall, a lot of time in the places we thought the fight was going to go. So just seeing him and even sparring and, and grappling with him, he, he's he was strong, he was dominant, and you could see that in the fight. He wasn't uh, he wasn't being held down too much. He was he was still in the fight, in the wrestling, and he had it. He had the the fight was his to win. So I don't think too much will change with the camp. Just a few more fine tuning and trying to get him used to (laughs) separate, keep out of range, and, man, far out, I'm just so gutted for that fight. I guess you're just going to have to try and call on the pulling power that Israel and the boys have and try and get him another fight in there. Um, And if not, I guess back to the drawing board, fight a few more uh, on the local shows, because Bloods was doing really well in Australia. Mm -hmm. I think he was undefeated on that Hicks show. And um, the guys in Hicks at the moment, the top guys, they're, they're going straight into the UFC. So if that's the case, he'd have to fight a few more local shows, work his way back up and then get another shot. It, it, um, it's happened in the past and it might just have to happen again. Yeah, well, we'll have to
0: uh, see what happens and if there is a another fight there for him, if, if they need to change tack on that. Um, we've also seen, of course, Izzy's uh, next opponent, Alex Pereira, um, being announced for November, uh, it was interesting this one because Alex Pereira is really good at slapping the gums. So is Izzy, um, and of course he's, he keeps bringing out that kickboxing fight where he knocked Izzy out. Uh, the markets have opened. Izzy's at a dollar fifty six. Pereira is at two dollars thirty. That's a lot closer
1: than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, amazing, right? You can't you can't write a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so I think the plan was to. If USC wants to capitalize on this, they needed to get Barrera to the top as quick as they can. And the best route was through um, Strickland, and far out, he, he took him out, so um, he's going up. I think, have you seen, Ricardo, have you seen the second fight, Israel and um, Alex? I haven't, no. It's, on, it's online, so, so when you get a chance, go and have a look at the fight. And it's, the way it plays out was uh, Israel is dominating on the outside, and then starts to really take over, and he he uh, he gave uh, Alex an eight count in the second round, and then I think in the third round Israel comes out and really tries to put him away, and gets caught with that left hook, and that's that's pretty much how he he got uh, knocked out and finished in that fight. But up until that point, it was all one way ticket. It was all Israel. So um. And people don't realize that. You know, people mm-hmm. just think that Alex come in and just railroaded him like he's been doing the last, the last few opponents, but that's not the case with Israel. So, um, but I do think he does pose the biggest threat for Israel in a stand up. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. Alex is one scary, scary guy and double champ in glory and just the height. Israel struggles with the, the t- slightly taller guys and the slightly longer reach, and he hasn't really had that before in, in a title defense. He's had a He's def- definitely been the taller, uh, uh, longer opponents, except for Jan Jan Vekovic, which yeah. managed to expose that range and height. So Alex might be able to do the same, so I'm quite excited because Israel might need to use some of his grappling just to nullify some of the striking, and just to um, you know, I'm I'm quite excited for the fight. But I definitely think. Um, Israel, I'd go 80% in favour of um, Israel. Yeah.
0: On this one. No, I mean, that Blukovic fight was it was more than the length too, wasn't it? I mean, it was it was the power and it was the strength and it was the extra weight that I think he really struggled with because his takedown is so good. But he couldn't resist the takedown for Blukovic because he was just that much bigger.
1: Well, yeah, like in that fight, I think in the 4th or the 5th, Israel felt he needed to do more and press the fight. And just as he started moving forward, which would switch level and got one takedown and managed to just hold him down for the, for that round and that pretty much won him the fight, and won him the round. So um, you know, as much as you want to get excited and try and finish guys, in MMA it's a it's a tough game. Mm, it is. I mean, we've seen Izzy's last couple of fights.
0: I think even he said he hasn't. You know, yet we haven't seen the best of Izzy, but he has been in fights against guys where he's been able to stay on the outside and just control the fight. Right. Um. You know, sort of. I like guess from in a boxing parlance, it's you know um, the the way uh, that Lennox Lewis beat David Tua. You know he's, he's able just to control the range, control the distance, and not get in any trouble. And people have accused Izzy of, of, of I've boring or not being at his best, but he's he's done what he's needed to do to to win the belt, to hold the belt, uh, and and to keep it. So it, we're going to have to see a different game plan against Pereira in November, aren't we? Yeah, I don't.
1: I think. Pereira will definitely bring it to Israel, whereas you look at some of these other guys, they're not on the same level as Israel striking. So they're very wary of coming in and getting knocked out. So what they do instead is they just don't come in. They just hang around the outskirts, try and land one wild, crazy shot, and then move. And, um, and they don't commit, because you commit on the stand-up against Israel, and you're going to catch some counters in there. He's pretty accurate with those. So he's smart enough not to engage unnecessarily. But um, I think Alex is definitely going to have to move in and fire out it's going to be a stand-up war and then maybe even see some takedowns on either of their part, you know, because people don't rate Israel's ground game, but he's very hard to take down and he's even harder to hold down. Mm. And he's a bit more efficient with the grappling against Pereira because he's just been doing it that much longer, you know, like since at the old gym when Israel was fully kickboxing, he would always be still doing the MMA training with the boys. And I'd always think, I think, man, this guy's doing the MMA training. What's he, what's he doing? He's got he's fighting in glory, he's fighting in China, kickboxing. And you know a couple of years later, you know, he's fighting MMA dominating and he's already got the, the basics and all the all the groundwork there just because you just had him training with the boys day in, day out, uh grinding and um here we are today, UFC World Champ. So I think he's definitely gonna have the edge and the clinch on the ground. If he wants to take it there, and he's he'll have that option, and I don't think Pereira will have that option. Do you think? Uh, you know, you mentioned at the start
0: there that the UFC really fast tracked Pereira. Do you think it's been too fast for him? I mean, is this too early for him
1: this fight? Y- yes and no. As a as a, I guess. I mean, if you were coaching, if him, I was Pereira, yeah, yes, definitely, yeah. If I was his coach, it's it's way too quick. It's too fast. But if it's um if it's for business-wise, and the thing is, it wouldn't happen if he had to go down the long route. He, he might not be able to get there. If he was. If he had to fight three or four guys on the way up, he'd come up against a wrestler who'd be able to hold him down, and um, this fight would be delayed another few years until he, he gains that skill set. But because they've fast-tracked him, they've given him Sean Strickland, who didn't look for one takedown in their entire fight, the crazy guy. Um, here we are today, and I think... You know, it makes a it makes for a good final fight, boss fight, if you will, for Israel. Yeah, it does. Um, definitely fight. De- yeah, definitely too fast. As, if I was his coach, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. you know, the, yeah, a good, good money grab though, but not not ideal mm-hmm. for Pereira for Israel. Perfect.
0: Uh, here's another one then uh, that uh, has been in the news today uh, is that uh, Dan Hooker has called out Tony Ferguson. Um, now, Ferguson's currently sitting at number 11, Hooker's sitting at number 13 and of course Dan's had a few losses. I think he's had, what, four of his last five have been losses. Um, I looked at this and I went, it's a great move trying to call out Ferguson, but it feels like this is a a fight that works more for
1: Dan than it does for Tony. Yeah, I guess they're both coming off a, coming off losses. It's It's a tough yarn. Dan has been taking these late notice fights and He's a he's a brawler, man, and he's he's a he's a true fighter at heart, and he's one of the best guys in the gym. Like people don't realize, Dan Dan striking and his grappling and his wrestling, he puts it together the best in the gym, you know, out of, out of everybody. And um, we're just gutted when we can't, we don't get to see the victory, um, mm. and him put it together in the cage like, like like he should and like he like he's done. But I think this is, I think it's a good fight for Dan. I'm a big Tony Ferguson fan, so I'm, I'm gutted to see one of them lose, but I, I don't think it'll be Dan. And I think Dan's just waiting on – everyone's waiting on Ferguson to sign the contract. I think Dan's team and the UFC are all, all down, and they're all ready to go, and I think it's on um, Ferguson's end. But again, this might not be a good move for Ferguson. Um, he might try to fish out for a better offer somewhere, because if he if he loses this one, then um, that might be all she wrote for, for Tony. Yeah, yeah, well,
0: it's uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup, whichever way it goes. Hey, a couple of uh, other quick stories that I wanted to get your thoughts on, mate. Uh, one of those is uh, Nick Diaz uh, potentially fighting Conor McGregor. Um, now, uh, his coach has said that he thinks it'll be a great fight, Cesar Gracie, but I guess it depends on what Nate Diaz wants to do, because, I mean, that rivalry is Nate's, but uh, it looks like... You know, it's been floated that maybe Nick Diaz uh, could be the opponent for Conor McGregor's comeback to the UFC.
1: <laughs> so Nick, he fought Robbie Lawler last, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, he he didn't do too bad. I think he's a, man, both of them are a little bit out of a little bit out of practice. But man, who who wouldn't want to see that fight? I'd want to see it. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It should be should be neat. Isn't that the trilogy fight? Wouldn't that be yeah. their trilogy fight? It would be, yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah, I thought that might be the case. But if Nate's leaving after Chamayev, then um that's a good that's a good cash grab for them. That'll be a big headliner, a bit of nostalgia there, between the old school and the new school, Connor and, and Nate both bad guys from each from different eras. So man, that'd be a that'd be a good money fight. I I, I wouldn't see I don't know if Nick would, be, would do any well, do any good just based on his last performance against Robbie. Mm. He, he didn't look too too happy to be in there. You know, he's normally in there playing games, playing mind games, and um, he just didn't look too comfortable in there. And Connor hits hard, man. He hits hard. Yeah, and his yeah. southpaw, the same as Lawless. So, you know, sounds tough, like it yeah, sounds like a fight Mike that won. the UFC
0: might want to set up so they can get another W next to Connor's name and then get him a title shot. <laughs> Am I being too cynical? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. No, you 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 smack on, and that's unfortunately that's how it, that's how it works, isn't it? You know? Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, <laughs>
0: lastly, mate, I don't know. You would have seen some inju- uh, some unusual injuries in, in your time in the sport, but uh, Christos Diagos uh, was supposed to fight at UFC Paris this coming weekend, but he's had to withdraw because he severed a pinky tendon on a broken toilet. Oh my gosh. That is bizarre. What's the weirdest injury
1: you've either had or seen? I'm pretty lucky. I haven't I haven't broken a bone or been seriously injured. Um, a couple. I accidentally poked Shane Young, um, knuckle deep in Ooh. his eye, and he had to pull out of a fight. Actually, sorry about that, bro. Um, Stan Hooker broke his right hand. I think he broke it on someone's head, and um, continued his training camp. Jabbing everybody up, <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know broken bones. They don't. They shouldn't slow you down. Of you know the sport of eight limbs is uh, Muay Thai, so mixed martial arts is even more. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't seen too many crazy injuries, but that sounds horrible. Severed pinky finger tendon on a toilet seat. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's well, no, yeah, just horrible, isn't it? When you think about that. Hey, good stuff, Rod. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Always good to have you on Rumble on the radio, and uh, great to get your insight from the uh, CKB camp as well.
1: Awesome. Thanks a lot, Ricardo.